my daughter, you know, got sick, all of a sudden too, what I was looking at as a single mother was not just how was I going to make the rent for the month, you know, but all of a sudden it's like the magnitude of the challenges ahead of me became a lot bigger. And instead of thinking about what am I going to do for my retirement? I had to ask myself, how am I going to potentially financially support not one, but now two disabled children potentially throughout their entire adulthood. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why? Hi, everyone. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Jeanette Robinson. Jeanette is the host of Blue Lake's Ready to Scale Investing podcast, as well as the director of investor relations for Blue Lake Capital. Uh, I am very fortunate to know Jeanette maybe better than just that simple, <laughs> simple intro. But first, I just want to say thank you, Jeanette, for, for coming on the show today. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Jason. Um, let's start. We'll just have you tell your story, tell your background, kind of what brought you to real estate, and then um, we'll dive in from there. Okay. So, you know, it's pretty crazy. Um, you never really know what's going to happen in life. And I know that a lot of people say that, but, you know, uh, sometimes things really definitely turn out differently than you expect. And so, you know, if I'm kind of telling the story, if you rewind about five years, um, maybe five and a half at this point uh, ago, um, you know, things were interesting and challenging and exciting. And I was just in this really neat place in life where, um, you know, I've been a single mom for many years. I have four kids. Uh, my son at the time was already um, almost an adult at that point, but my my daughters were were still pretty young, uh, 14, 12, and 10. So, you know, I'm a single mom with my three girls at home. I had originally, my career was in executive headhunting. And interestingly enough, that had kind of pivoted me into a startup company. So I was working full-time doing that. And then I also had a startup company that really ultimately became semi-full-time as well. So I was kind of juggling two full-time roles. Um, and then that actually led into me picking up a very small uh, part-time role with a nonprofit organization also because I'm crazy. So there I am working basically <laughs> jobs yeah. as a mom and, um, and, you know, kind of navigating those roles, but I really loved, you know, the startup company that I had and, and what it was about and what it represented. And, you know, I, it was also leading me into just kind of new professional opportunities. And so everything was kind of really cool. I felt like I was like at the height of my career and kind of like the best I've ever done with things. And then the music stopped and everything kind of came to a crashing halt because my 14 year old daughter um, suddenly became incredibly sick. And I mean, very sick. And it was one of those moments where I really just did not know what was gonna happen for the next week of my life, the next year of my life, the next five years of my life. And everything just kind of stopped. And so, you know, as a single mom, 
you don't have the luxury of breaking down and you don't have the luxury to not work and you don't have the luxury to not keep things rolling along in crisis or not. But that's kind of where I found myself. And so, um, you know, not to leave, you know, a lot of mysteriousness to the uh, to the story here. My daughter was uh, diagnosed with autoimmune diseases. So uh, within the first week of her hospitalization, she was diagnosed with uh, pancreatitis, which ultimately we learned was chronic pancreatitis, and then a, a terrible GI disease called Crohn's disease. And then eventually, after you know several years in specialist, uh, we also found out that she was diagnosed with another disease called Sjogren's. So, you know, how one kid ends up walloped with three autoimmune diseases is just mind blowing, but it changed our lives. It changed everything. So, you know, we started to basically live in the hospital most of the time. And I was, you know, juggling between, you know, running home at night uh, to be with my younger two daughters uh, to dashing back to the hospital in the morning, which was heartbreaking. You know, sometimes I'd have friends watching my kids overnight. My family lived nine hours away, all the way across Texas at the time. And it was just incredibly tough. And I resigned from my jobs. And I, you know, realized that I was going to have to find something I could actually do remotely from a hospital room. And this is before COVID. So there wasn't a lot of, you know, remote options out there, at least not at the, you know, kind of uh, pay scale that I needed to be able to, you know, support my family still. And, you know, my world was just kind of falling apart and crashing down. And that is actually how I fell into real estate, believe it or not. So um, Ellie happened, uh, Ellie Perlman, our CEO of Blue Lake, happened to be looking for a social media specialist. I was, um, needless to say, way overqualified for that, but I was looking for something that I thought would be low stress, part-time, could do it from the hospital, no problem. Um, and that is actually how Ellie and I got connected. And, uh, you know, it's just so funny too. I, I hate to confess this, but it's the truth. I, I actually felt like I was aside of being just absolutely horrified for what was happening with my daughter. I also had a lot of pride in my career and I felt like my career was dead. Like it was over, like everything I had worked for gone, now I'm just going to do, you know, part-time social media and, you know, that's, that's now my, my wow career. And I was, you know, it was just like, after all this work, you know, to try to pull my kids into, you know, better financial positions and, and break through glass ceilings as a single mom. And it was like, it was just all a big mess. And then I hated real estate and I actually, I didn't like it at all. I had very negative connotation towards it. And I thought, oh man, how am I going to market something I don't even like? And so I actually <laughs> told Ellie, I said, if you can change my mind about this, I can change anybody else's because I'm the one that has, you know, just such a negative attitude. And so obviously it's many years later and I have drank the Kool-Aid, bathed in the Kool-Aid, you know, splashed the Kool-Aid all over. I'm so glad, you know, that she was able to help me see seriously, you know, the power of what real yeah. estate can do in people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's just funny when, as you're telling that story, that, I mean, that's, I can't, it's, there's so many things there. It's like, I mean, we have two kids and, and, and my wife and I, and I'm like, two is so many, you know, imagining four on your own. And then, uh, so, so hard, you know, when one of them gets sick, I know that's gotta be like, just, I mean, obviously life-changing. 
but then what what makes me chuckle a little bit because I know Ellie and and know Blue Lake is that you know oh this part time <laughs> part time <laughs> social media easy position you know that how that was gonna how that has turned out so uh, but I love that you know sort of if she can convince you then you can convince anyone else and I think that that's kind of a, like I, I really never thought about that before but I think because I similarly had maybe some reservations about you know this this business in general um and not so much about real estate but just about you know what we do in, in syndication and so I, I think sort of a lot of that comes down to maybe just lack of understanding would you would you agree with that I mean maybe I would actually love to hear like kind of what your reservations were and and what she said to you to sort of flip it around and, and get you to to get on board because I obviously you are you're now director of investor relations there so it's it's <laughs> you have um, as you said drank the kool-aid but but what what were some of those mindset shifts that you went through to to you know sort of believe in it then strongly so, you know, the first thing that I didn't even realize was a bias I had and really just a very limited uh, mindset that I had was I thought it was really out of reach. I thought it was out of reach for most people. I thought that was a rich person thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought it was either a rich person thing or a too good to be true thing, a con. So those were the two kind of, you know, views that I had without really even realizing that that, that those were the biases, you know, that, that were in my mind. And, you know, Ellie's story is uh, really inspiring. A lot of people know her story, um, but, you know, her story was evidence right in front of my face that real estate is actually one of the most unique opportunities out there that really is available to anybody that wants to go after it anybody it doesn't matter what your background is what your education levels are it doesn't even necessarily matter what your income is which is something that you know a lot of people are like what are you talking about that's crazy but it's true you know right. and so I think that one of the things that shifted in my mind was the appreciation and the respect for the opportunity that was truly equal across the board, that anybody could access that if they wanted to. And, you know, there's just a lot of other areas of like, you, you can't become a doctor if you want to. I mean, you can, but you got to go to medical school and do all this other stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, you, real estate is really interesting and unique in the fact that literally anyone can get into it if they want to. So, you know, the fact that there really is not a barrier to entry or access to it, like there is other things in life, is one of the first things that I realized that I thought, well, that is cool. You know, that is cool. It's actually oh so American. Uh, you know, Ellie's originally from Israel. And one of my other favorite things that I enjoy about working with her is I, I'm a very patriotic person anyway. Uh, my startup company that I had was completely geared and all for uh, veterans and military spouses. And oh, awesome. I worked very closely with a lot of uh, members of the military. My uh, business partner was actually a retired Air Force general. And I, I, I'm really proud of some of the things that we did with that company and some of the impact we were able to make. Um, so what I love is that Ellie kind of refreshes my patriotism. And she reminds me of the American dream because she's an immigrant 
care. And because sometimes I forget to see the beauty of what this country can represent to other people when I see it in her eyes, it reminds me all over again. Honestly, I know it sounds almost cheesy, but I'm dead serious. It reminds me of like the privilege and the honor of being an American and the opportunity that we have here and how that is open to so many people and how, you know, coming to this country and being able to pursue your dreams and goals really does totally transform people's lives. Um, you know, and granted, there's other countries that can do the same, but, you know, us Americans like to really, you know, uh, pat ourselves on the back for that one. So it, it's, you know, I would say that it was kind of that shift of melding both my my own natural views towards kind of the country and America and opportunity with Ellie and her immigrant spirit and her pursuit of the American dream, and then seeing real estate as being an actual key to making that all work, a linchpin almost. Yeah, I, I mean, great points. I the um... It's interesting. I mean, and you you have the podcast, and so you probably maybe experienced the same thing. But I have had that same, I guess, revelation when I speak with people on the podcast uh, that are immigrants, and you know, most of them that are coming on the podcast, they're in real estate. But but it's true. It's just seeing some of the stuff that we take for granted, um, you know, at living here, and and you know like to complain about certain things and whatnot, but like, it really is tremendous opportunities uh, in the U S and um, it, it's, it's not perfect, but it's like, like really there's, there's a ton of opportunity and, and you can, anybody can get into real estate. It's true. It's like, that's another thing that the podcast is one of the things I enjoy is so many different backgrounds right? Like so many different backgrounds of, of guests that are people that have come into real estate and, and been, you know, tremendously successful, you know, with Ellie being one of them, but it's just kind of that ability to like take other life skills and, and turn them into, um, you know, something in, in the real estate world and whether you're active or passive, right? Because you can, you can, getting into real estate doesn't mean, you know, sort of the same thing for everybody. It doesn't mean, you know, oh, I'm going to go renovate a house with my own hands. You can be a completely passive in, uh, investor in, in what, you know, what we do with syndication. So there's just so many different ways. And I, and I do think it's, you know, awareness and education and, and, and mindset shifts that will allow people to understand that. And so I think you're really, great example of that so you well, obviously I, I was gonna say let me touch on the next point too though because it's it's definitely a huge component also so cutting back to my story right so uh, this sounds crazy I, I always joke with people that lifetime television has nothing on me um you know so my my daughter right is 14 she's really sick we're in the hospital life is changing well, also, my other daughter was born with a very rare syndrome called enlarged vestibular aqueduct syndrome, which causes permanent and progressive hearing loss. So I already had a kid with challenges. So a kid literally going deaf. I already had that before my other daughter got sick. And so when my daughter, you know, got sick, all of a sudden too, what I was looking at as a single mother was not just how was I going to make the rent for the month, you know, but 
all of a sudden, it's like the magnitude of the challenges ahead of me became a lot bigger. And instead of thinking about what am I going to do for my retirement, I had to ask myself, how am I going to potentially financially support not one, but now two disabled children potentially throughout their entire adulthood? Because- right. I had never thought I would have to do that. You know, you think your kids are going to be healthy and they're going to, you know, go to high school and then from high school, they're going to go to college and they're going to get a great job. And, you know, if they don't, well, they better figure it out. You know, like, you know, you know <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. you know, I had never thought a whole lot, even honestly about my own retirement, but I had definitely never thought like, how am I going to put together a game plan to make sure that my children are not put into desperate just frankly, poverty ridden positions in adulthood because of these disabilities and because very likely these challenges are going to make it more difficult for them to perhaps be independent, you know, financially. And whoa, so, you know, you think you're stressed out as a single mom, just trying to think about how you're going to, you know, make the rent and cover Christmas presents. And then you're trying to think about the magnitude of something like that. So, you know, at first it was completely overwhelming, but again, the power of real estate. So how can you actually build wealth? Because I don't need a little bit of money. I need a lot of money. If I'm going to try to position my kids where I can at least supplement their incomes month over month throughout the remaining years of their life as adults, just to ensure that they don't live, frankly, in squalor and off of, you know, just the bare minimum, um, you know, social service or social assistance programs, you know, et cetera. How am I going to do that? How in the world can I make that much money? I, I, it's not going to be with a job. I can tell you that for sure. No W-2 is, is you know, probably going to land me there. So that became the other really big driving factor that I realized was that Ellie was right. If you, if you really want to build wealth, real estate is the key to doing it. And so that also, you know, was the next thing that made me bing, bing, you know, the light came on, I saw it and I recognized that not only is the opportunity there, but it's one of the very few things that can actually build that type of wealth. If, you know, you do it well, you do it right and you get a little bit of luck too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's that kind of eye on the future, right? It's It's, I think, the the potential is infinite right there's no there's no ceiling on what you can do in real estate there's really not you can as big as you want to make it you can you can do that uh, you don't have to it's like not you don't have to have a company that's as big as blue lake you don't have to but but you can and and you know people do and it's it's very possible it takes time it's not going to be an overnight thing. So you have to look at this again, whether you're active or passive, you have to look at this as what does the future look like, which means get started now. Like, which if you're, if, if the whole idea is, Hey, how is this going to look for me in five years and 10 years and 20 years? Well, if you don't start for five years, you're, <laughs> you missed those first five years because it, it compounds over time. And I think that's probably, you know, one of the biggest things I think that I guess maybe having a, a an event like you with your family, with your children, it reminds you of that urgency, mm -hmm. I guess, like the, the, that 
it's it's a long-term game, but you have to start. You have to do something. You have to take action. And so if you're looking at it like, oh, it's a long-term game, I can start later, that's not going to be effective for you, right? You need to get involved as soon as you can and find ways to get involved to start building that wealth because of that, you know, kind of snowball rolling downhill effect that it's like, you know, actually talking to an investor, I'm sure you have this conversation all the time, but it's like, if you look at it from the standpoint of like, you're doubling your money every five years and you push hard in the beginning, right? So you invest as much as you can for those first five years. Well, 10 years later, all of that has doubled, but then five years after that, like it just, it goes quicker and quicker at that point where your, your wealth will grow. And so I think it's just recognizing that it is a long-term game where you, where you are looking at what does it look like, you know, maybe a decade in the future, but I have to take action now to make it look like that, you know, sort Mm -hmm. of that decade in the future. And sometimes I think it takes people something like, unfortunately like a tragedy or something like that that you experience to have that um that motivation to to do it i guess i i don't i don't know you know so i think you you kind of went from being part-time <laughs> part-time social media to now like having a much much bigger role in blue lake so maybe talk to us about that how did that progression work for you um, you know, I know it's been a few years, but like not that long. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been great actually. So, you know, obviously I already had, you know, kind of the entrepreneur bug, uh, since I had had my own startup company yeah. and having to table my, my startup was heartbreaking for me. It really was, it was a very difficult decision for me. Uh, but you know, my family was in a position where my family definitely needed my full, my full focus, you know? Um, so it, it kind of was great actually, because it was literally just me and Ellie, um, you know, so it was like back to startup mode, which I love startup. So I'm all for yeah. it, you know, yeah. um, uh, you know, part of it was probably quote my own fault because I couldn't contain, you know, my ideas for improving this and that, and this thing and this thing. So, you know, kind of before you know it, I've got my hands on this thing, but I also am starting to put my hand on this. Now I got my hand on this. And then I'm like, oh, but what if we put this and this together? It's going to be even cooler, right. you know? And so just been um it kind of just almost naturally occurred that way so I mean I very quickly the whole part-time thing is like such a total joke because like it's not even in in my nature to do anything part-time um you know unfortunately it's probably both great and terrible you know uh, attribute for myself it helps bring me to a lot of great places but I also you know kind of have to struggle sometimes and remember like yeah work-life balance try to be balanced (laughs) yeah Um, so, you know, the curse pretty, of an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So pretty quickly, you know, I ultimately ended up becoming the director of marketing um, and investor relations. So I ended up wearing actually both of those um, hats and I'm kind of, I'm kind of still in that spot at this point. Um, but it was just kind of the natural evolution of things. Uh, you know, when you are in a startup company and, you know, you're excited about what you're doing. Um, you know, for me, it was a hundred percent personal because I knew what my family needed me to do. And so really I was more focused and determined than ever. 
So, you know, you want to, you want to talk about a mother's wrath, a mother's love, a mother's grief. Where do you put all of that when your family's going through something like that? Man, I straight into Blue Lake. So, um, you know, and it was, it was really in some ways, I, I, it sounds crazy, but it was actually in, in some ways sanity saving, life saving when everything else in my life was falling apart and semi out of control. You know, my daughter's being diagnosed with incurable diseases. There's nothing I can do. Um, you know, doctors don't know what to do about other things. There, there were so many elements out of my control, but work, work. I could wrap my hands around this. I could control some of this. And so it really actually helped me a lot too in, in getting through uh, the challenges of it. But basically, you know, with a startup company, you see so many things that need to be done. And rather it's your job technically or not, if you see a way to go in and improve something, if you have a good idea and you share it, um, it just adds to the benefit of the entire company, the entire team. And, you know, granted, it was just me and Ellie at the time, um, you know, when I first started, but, you know, soon thereafter, we started to scale the team out a little bit by little bit by little bit. And naturally just things in my background, you know, helped with that. So I had done, you know, executive headhunting for many years. So, you know, it was, it was an easy fit for me to, you know, start helping with HR matters, interviewing, recruiting, uh, you know, I already had a lot of expertise in that area. Um, I also, because I had my own startup company, you know, did have good insights into operations and process and technologies. Um, you know, so I kind of was unofficially the IT department, HR, you know, it's kind of a combination of hats all there. The, all the jobs. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, you know, when you just, you see areas that you can improve things in, and if you have the skill to do it or the knowledge or the know-how, or at least the, the desire and you do, um, I think that, and, and I definitely will say this to Ellie's credit, there are some people that would grossly take advantage of people that do those types of things. And there are others that are very receptive and, and you know, rewarding for those types of things. And so Ellie, you know, had a great attitude too. She was the type of person I could approach and just really speak my mind pretty freely. Hey, I think this is a terrible idea. I don't like this. this I think this is great, you know. And, you know, I was just a few times I was like, man, I hope she didn't fire me for, for saying that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but too um, much speaking your mind <laughs> yeah you know but but really she's an absolute pleasure to work with so she knows what she knows and she knows it very very well and when she doesn't know something she's very humble she's very open to leveraging the expertise of other people and the experience of other people and I think that's one of the keys to her being such a successful leader is being open to utilizing the best of her team and then bringing her special sauce where it needs to go so you know, I, I'll, it, go, it speaks to her leadership as much as it does to me coming in and starting to poke at everything and mess with everything and, you know, try putting things together. Yeah. I mean, I 100% I agree with, you know, so that sentiment and Ellie and, and I don't know her as well as you do, but I have known her for a few years now. And like, I do think when I look at how I want to grow my business and sort of the structure and how I, I, I look at her as like a model, like that's the way that she does it, the way that she is, the way that she uh, empowers people to do their jobs and is, is you know, she knows what, she knows what to do, but she also knows, you know, other people know what to do. So I, I think she's a really great example for uh, people that are trying to grow a business. The other thing that, I don't know if she told you this, but we had lunch, she and I, I think it was back in the spring, sort of when I started talking about my fund and stuff like that with her. And 
we were we were talking about she was asking me about you know where i was going to go with my business and real estate and what you know what the steps were and, and i was asking her who are the right next people to hire and she said you definitely want to hire an investor relations person and in my mind i said i knew what she means is i want to hire jeanette like that's <laughs> that's what because i know what you do for that like i know it's not as simple as just the title that you have and i know that you've you know grown together um and so and and i i i see you know that that that's that's the role that you've sort of ended up in in the title i guess but i i know that you do so much more and and so i i really think that that the this might be <laughs> the most important thing about people that are able to successfully grow and scale a business is finding that person, the other person, right? Like the, the CEO to the COO, whatever, I don't care what the title is, like that other person that can share your vision and you can work in like conjunction with uh, to, to have that. Uh, because I knew exactly what she was actually saying, even though she didn't say it. <laughs> it was she. She's like, you need to find a Jeanette. Okay, I got it. I got it. So it, I think that um, it's a it's a a lot of people maybe don't know, but I I feel like in real estate specifically syndication, a lot of the companies are really fairly lean, right? Like it's it's not there's not like hundreds and hundreds of employees doing this. Like you have a handful of, you know, people in each spot, even once you've grown to be a pretty big company, which obviously Blue Lake is. So I, I think that that's a, um, finding the right people to fill those spots is, is incredibly important when you're not looking at it from a, um, volume standpoint right you're, you're not looking for a number of people you're looking for like just the right people to put in those spots and so how do you i think because you've been such an integral part in blue lake's growth what are, maybe you can talk about kind of your ideas of, of how people should grow their businesses like what uh and you can speak specifically about real estate or not because i know you have you obviously have a background outside of real estate as well so but what do you think are some of those things that like people should use as you know growth tools and tips? Yeah, no, those are really good questions. Um, you know, one of the smartest things that I saw Ellie do, and I, I actually at first was kind of like, you know, you're over the top, Ellie. That's a little crazy, you know, was she really implemented like processes rigidly, like from get-go. And I was just like, it's me and you, Ellie. We both know we don't need to put this into like this nice spreadsheet with a nice format that checks this box that automatically yeah. notifies you. You know what I mean? But it was genius that she did it that way because as you scale the team out, you don't have time to turn around and be like, oh, wait, we also need to you know, implement some processes yeah. into our business operations. Um, so she really built the business with it being a bigger company in mine from day one. 
So yeah. even though it was just at first, me and Ellie, we were operating as though we were um, on a team of like 20 people, you know? So at first it seemed like overkill to me, but I really recognize the wisdom in it now, because once you're scaling and you're hiring, you don't have time to turn around and try to revamp that whole process and implement a whole bunch of new processes with people that, you know, it's just, it's not the time there. There is no time. It's a reality. Yeah. So I think that was probably one of the smartest things that I I saw Ellie do and that I've not seen a lot of other business owners do. I've seen a lot of people make that mistake. And so I think that that, you know, was one real key piece of advice that I would share with someone. Um, finding the right people is very challenging. It is very hard. Um, I wish I had a secret uh, you know, formula for how to do that. I'm sure everybody wishes they did. But I do think that one of the lessons I've learned um, really is that culture fit, I think is actually more critical than pretty much anything else. Um, you can bring somebody in with tremendous skill set. It can be a dire need in the company uh, to have that skill set brought into place. But if it's not the right culture fit, it is not going to work. It's just not. And it'll be a huge waste of both time and money bringing a person in that ultimately will leave the role or be vacated from the role. Um, you know, I think that it's hard when there's urgency to fill positions. There's a great need to fill positions. It's hard to be patient and keep passing on candidates that are not the right fit just from a cultural standpoint. But I think it's very critical to be very patient in that regard and really make sure that the culture fit aligns first and foremost, because if it doesn't, it's just not going to work. And it's very easy to say this, but it's very hard to, to really stick to your guns on, no, we don't move forward with this person unless they're truly a culture fit. And, you know, on that note too, I think that, I think it's really important that you have to be objective with yourself about what is your culture? What is your culture really? And yeah, you have to be able to actually disclose that to people in transparency from the get-go too. Because if you have, you know, if you don't recognize your own truths, you're not going to be able to communicate those to others. And then other people are not going to be able to actually fit into the picture that you presented to them because it's not a real picture. So, you know, I tell people all the time, we work really hard like no seriously you'll never be bored we work really really hard and I think that sometimes people have not believed me and then they start and they're like how do you do all this and I'm like keep working man keep working you know? <laughs> just keep so, going yeah. <laughs> yeah don't think about it just keep going yeah. yeah so um you know I think those are probably some of the most critical components to really being able to effectively scale a company and grow a company it's having those processes. It's making sure that people truly align with the culture um, because it just doesn't work otherwise. Yeah. Well, and I, I think your, your point about, you know, kind of putting the process in place afterwards is it's, it is something that is often missed, including by myself. Like there's things that it's like, I think about in the, in the, you know, Oh, I wish, I wish we had a process for this particular thing. And it's so hard to find the time to implement it after the fact in like you, you jet, you genuinely almost have to just stop, like stop sort of conducting business to put that new system in place. And it, it, so it's very, very challenging to do it after the fact. So, so I think that's a, that's a 
really kind of a brilliant piece of advice um, for people like <laughs> go with the end in mind. If, if you plan to have a large company, then treat it like a large company from day one. I think that's super important. I think the other thing is that probably having those things in place allows you to be more selective in filling those positions because you're not wasting time on like re-implementing systems that you should have implemented before. Like you have, you have, you know, when you have that dire need, it's for an actual need, not like something that you should have done before. So uh, it, it probably helps, um, helps with that process. I mean, it's still, you've still got to, you know, stick to culture and I know you know when people are drowning in one area or another you want you kind of want to just get someone in there to fill a spot but it's ultimately it's it's uh I think truly truly important for the longevity and the and the success horizon of a company to have you know that right culture fit yeah for sure I think too you know one other thing that I would say is it's great to have the process, but you also don't want to do it to the point that you're rigid and unwilling to modify it as you yeah. recognize weaknesses in it or errors in it, you know, along the way. So I think too, you know, another thing that's very important is, is taking the time to, um, you know, reevaluate things from time to time and just see, okay, as we've grown, how does we need to tweak this now? So it's yeah. being both agile, you know, it, it's it's being organized, but agile. And I think yeah. that finding the sweet spot between those two is really important also, because as you grow, that just becomes, if you're going to get better than you were before, then you better be willing to tweak things. And, you know, so it, it's finding that balance. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I mean, you, you obviously, you know, what you might put in as a system on day one may not work exactly the same as, uh, it does, you know, three years in, but, but like, if it's there, it's going to be a whole lot easier to kind of adjust rather than have to sort of start from scratch. So no, I, I think that's great. Um, Jeanette, I, just, I don't want to keep you all day. I, obviously you have a lot to do. So let me switch gears here and uh, ask you the questions I ask every guest. The first one, uh, I have a feeling where we're going to go with this, but um, I was asked every guest, what is your why? You know, what's what's driving you? And I know you've talked a bit about, you know, some of that, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to to expand. Yeah, well, I'd sum it up as mama on a mission, right? I'm a, I'm a mama, I'm on a mission. <laughs> Don't advise anybody to get in my way. <laughs> so I just, I'm a mom on a mission. I mean, that's really very much what I am. And, you know, second to that, um, you know, I, I really do love what we do. I love knowing that I'm helping other families with similar goals work towards the same thing. So there really is still that collectiveness. Um, involved, which is very important to me because I, I I do believe that life is better lived in connections with other humans, you know, and it's really cool when you're working with a bunch of other people towards a collective goal. So I really enjoy that. And I, I think that life is meant to be a collective journey. And so I, I think, you know, that's really important. And then um, also, you know, I just, um, I'm really inspired by Ellie and I'm, I really want to see her succeed too. And so, um, you know, the, those are my whys. Yeah. Well, you're both very easy to root for. So it's, uh, it's fun, fun to watch from my from my standpoint. Um, tell us something about yourself that uh, maybe isn't common knowledge, special skill, a hobby, something that's um, just lets people know you a little bit better. 
Well, uh, it's very nice to share all this sad stuff, right, with everybody. So it's very nice that I have something good to say. So um, I moved from Texas to Boston a couple of years ago to help uh, Ellie oversee setting up a headquarters out here. And big change, you know, for me and uh, my my daughter, the one that's sick, came with me, of course. So she's here in Boston with me. My other two actually stayed back in Texas with their dad. Uh, they moved in with him the weekend before I moved to Boston. So it was a big change for me. Uh, so they could finish high school. And uh, one is a senior this year and, and one is a sophomore. Um, you know, so it, it, these decisions, of course, have come, you know, at sacrifices. But it's, you know, I'm really enjoying being able to kind of set that example for my kids and uh, more than anything, you know, I always tell people that life is seasons and even the hard, hard seasons will not be hard forever. So I'm happy to say that I met a wonderful man and we're actually getting married in October. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, so single mom forever, no more. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. I'm, I'm so happy that you shared that here. That's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome for you. Um, I'm very happy. Where are you getting married? Maine. All right. All right. Well, yeah, I have fallen in love with Maine. It's going to be an ideal fall wedding with all those beautiful yeah. leaves. Yeah, so it will be. It will be a beautiful. You have to. You have to uh, fight all of the the leave speakers, all the people that come just to look at leaves in the winter. That's. I always thought that was a funny thing growing up in Boston, but like leaves were more of a nuisance to me. I'm like, I got to rake these up. But like, people come from all over the country to look at the leaves in the fall. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was 40, 40 or 41 at the time when I moved here and and I'm from Texas originally. So I literally was like, I can't believe I'm 40 years old and I'm barely seeing fall for the first time, like a true real fall. I thought it was stunning. So yeah. uh, that's, that's yeah. part of what's stunning. Yeah, I appreciate it more now that I don't have to rake the leaves. So it, yeah, yeah it, it is very, it is very beautiful to see the leaves turn. That's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm very happy for you. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Uh, so I'm very easy to find. Uh, you, anyone is welcome to email me. It's Jeanette, J-E-A-N-N-E-T-T-E at bluelake-capital.com. Or uh, you can, of course, go to the website and it, there's a contact us button, which will actually also just go to me, um, you know, <laughs> or I'm also very easy to find on LinkedIn. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes. Um, final question for you, Jeanette. What, what piece of advice would you give to someone who is starting out? They hear your story, they're inspired, and they want to get started uh, in real estate. What would you tell them? Um, you know, that's a really good question. Um, I, I love the name, um, you know, of your podcast about knowing your why. And I do think that, you know, that is fundamental because it's not easy to do really anything um, unless you really are very motivated and driven and dedicated yeah. to what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if you don't know why you're doing something, it's very unlikely that you're going to actually find yourself successful at what you're trying to do. So I think it really is a matter of sitting down and understanding very clearly, you know, what do you want? Why do you want it? And what are you willing to do to get it? And, you know, looking at it from that perspective, rather you're looking at it from, you know, what level of risk do I, you know, do I want to get into, you know, some seriously risky real estate? Do I want to be boring and stick with, you know, just slow and steady goes the race real estate, um, you know, evaluate those and then respect your decisions 
and have a lot of confidence in yourself and execute, you know, and, and try, you know, try your best and see how it turns out. Um, I think that the biggest obstacle for people is, is really always going to be their own mind. So if you, uh, if you don't make sure that your mindset is in the right place, um, yep. you're only going to hold yourself back. And so I think that, you know, making sure that you understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're going to do it, and then really believing in yourself is, is critical. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree more. I think that's a, a great advice. Um, obviously I believe in it. <laughs> Podcast is named no you are, but, but I, I, I mean, the experience you expanded on it where, you know, I, I like the point about, you know, sort of what are you willing to, to do to get there? Because it's, it's going to be hard. Like it really, like you described it. It's hard. It's hard. I've talked about it before. Like it is hard, but you have to essentially realize that, you know, this is a long-term goal. And so you're going to have to put in work for a little while to get there and that that's where the why comes in that 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 sort of driving force that keeps reminding you why you're doing it so um i love it i, I thank you so much Jeanette. thank you for coming on thank you for for sharing your story um I, I i do think that you know there's a ton for people to learn and be inspired by here um so thank you for coming on the show yeah thank you and i appreciate the time uh, getting to share my story a little bit. And I hope it is encouraging to people. Um, you know, like I said, seasons can be hard, but it's it's ultimately our attitude that's going to determine how we navigate through them. So I hope it helps someone. 100%. Folks, I know you're going to love this episode with Jeanette. Please like, rate, and review the show so we can get more amazing guests. And thank you all for listening. Hey there, I am Dr. Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast, where we explore the why behind success. Every week, I meet with real estate investors, veterinary entrepreneurs, mindset coaches, authors, and fitness professionals to uncover their why and how it drives them on the winding road to success. What is your why?